Hey, Chris. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, episode three. Here we are. It's the uh, last episode of the preview se- the preview episode. Is it really? Yep. What starting, comes next? Well, season one will start, and that's when we officially start meaning business. Okay. Maybe bringing in some guests, uh, going from there. Uh, we have a, you're just going to tease it, we've got our first sponsor that we'll talk about later this episode. Uh-oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so we may have some more sponsors starting next week as well. Um, but this is going to be an exciting episode, a little bit different format than what we've done before. So if you don't have anything you'd like to add, let's go ahead and run the titles. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So this week, episode three, we have a guest with us. First guest. First guest. This is a little, um, little interesting. Um, he is going to be asking us uh, kind of some rapid-fire style questions about uh, small business, what it's like to run one, work within one, and start one. Sounds like really uh, overall operational. Um, and, of course, with our background, uh, we'll try to tie that in as much as possible to the agency world, right? Um, where where we have the most experience here, so um, we have not seen this list of questions, so nope. we don't know what's coming at us. And we uh, we talk a lot about working, working, and trying to create content for the in house person working somewhere who wants to branch out and start their own agency. So right. these this may help shed some light onto starting your own business. Sure, definitely. So. Um, without that, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Kenneth Barragard. I'm a student at Pitt Community College, and I'm also a semi-pro soccer referee. Um, I'm excited being here, guys, so thank you. Yeah, welcome. We appreciate it. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, a little bit more about you. That You, you mentioned this uh, the soccer referee. Tell me, tell me more about this. Yeah, I started at a young age, so uh, pretty much from the age of, I don't know, about 12 is when you can start. I started in Okinawa, Japan, so I kind of moved from there, moved to North Carolina, and this started from there, and uh, you know, got a love for it, and yeah. I started from there, went to, started doing college games, and I got uh, pro last year, so from there, it's very good. It's a dream of mine that I uh, go pro one day. Yeah, absolutely. FIFA, but we'll, we'll see <laughs> you uh, in the MLS someday. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So what are you going to school for? I'm trying to become a uh, physical therapist assistant. Uh, okay. Ocu- occupational therapist assistant and a radiographer. And a radiographer. Yeah. Very nice. Which, okay. Whichever program takes me in, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good deal. Well, uh, let's get into this. Let's. Uh, what do you got? So Number I one. just have some uh, questions for you guys. Um, you know, some of these might not apply to you guys, but I'm gonna shoot my shot here. Uh, so your first question is: Is running a business harder or easier than you anticipated it would be, and what makes it easier or harder than you expected? Oh, uh, I'd say a little bit of both on that. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think if you ever are going into business and you ever, ever have the assumption of, uh, it's going to be easy, you are drastically mistaken. Um, but at the same time, you know, you find different things that you're very good at and some things come easy to you and and some things are more difficult. So there's such a, a broad spectrum of different things that you handle, especially from a small business side, right? I mean, everything from, you know, uh, uh, initial funding money to managing employees to, you know, finding, um, uh, real estate space. And I mean, everything that come taxes, there's, there's so many things, some things you're going to be really good at. Um, others, you're not going to have a clue and you're going to have to, to seek help for it. So, um, a little bit of both there. 
um, so I don't own this business and didn't start it, mm-hmm. but um, the businesses I've started, um, one of my mentors told me that there's no days off when you're in business for yourself, and uh, there's never been a more true statement. So if you think there is that, then that is a misconception. Yeah, very <laughs> so, true. I've heard that quite a lot. Very yeah. true. Yeah. All right, so uh, good answer. So my second question is, would you buy into the same sort of business again? If not, why? Uh buying into and and at least from a uh metaphorically uh speaking i mean we it started this from nothing um so we, we didn't uh you know buy anything existing by any means we just we started it completely from scratch bootstrapped it for years um until uh until really we got to the place that we are today so um i would say 100 percent yes i mean you when you figure out what you're good at again you know you stick to it and you just double down on it and you continue to get better and better at it um so if for for some reason something were to change in the future with uh the current red shark agency i mean absolutely i mean you you learn so many things from uh operation side to clients dealing with clients and project management and and there's no reason to to jump out and try to go do something different. I mean, once if you're good at it, stick to it, and uh, you can you know at least form some kind of a spinoff. Awesome. Okay, I'm gonna go a little bit off track here. I kind of come up with a sure. question of my own. Um, what was the idea behind this agency? What who came up with the idea of Red Shark Digital? So quick background here, so uh, we don't spend too much time on it. But uh, I was actually uh, selling Yellow Pages, believe it or not. Uh, and this was in the the area of trying to establish a mobile application for every single business. It seemed like at the at the time, so uh, quickly jumped into selling apps to businesses. So that's where we were going in. We we're trying to find a utilize uh, tool that could be utilized for the customers of any business. That quickly evolved into doing web development. Uh, and we grew from there, adding in SEO until we became a full service agency of, of what we are today. Okay, awesome. All right. Um, does that kind of go in part of, um, I guess, helping other businesses set up websites? Is that what you kind of guys do? Spencer, you want to take that one? Yeah, so now we, we, uh, we're we set up, our workflow is set up to basically, if you come to us with the idea of a business, we can help you name that business, uh, create the the niche you're going to meet, and the gap you're going to fill with inside your business. And then we're going to, we're going to create what we would consider awareness channels. So if we're creating a website, that's going to bring, it's going to validate and position, position you. If we're going to create a marketing campaign, it's going to bring awareness to an existing website or a, a social media page, or even just direct mailers that you want people just to call you things like that. We would do that. Um, but yes, it, it does look like building websites for businesses solving, but ultimately it's solving problems regardless of where you are in the ownership of a business phase, either the ideation of this is the idea. I want to start a business and I need help the whole way through, or we're a 50 year old business and we need to completely pivot away. Awesome. Okay. Um, so we're going to go back into the questions. It says, <laughs> how difficult is it to keep on good staff? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Um, Incoming bomb. Yeah. I can take this one. Yeah. Okay. How about it? Um, so if, the, the best advice I can give to anyone who listens to this as well as you writing this paper um, is just be honest in your interview. I mean, in your interview and in your applications. We talked about this last week in regards to like males versus females with application processes where uh, males will be about 60% truthful 
statistically, whereas females won't apply for a job unless it applies directly, unless they are able to satisfy all 100% of the requirements. Anyway, we found it's difficult to find people in with with what we do in the digital space because you can you can spend an hour or two and read about what we do and basically fake your way through into getting a job. And even some some can fake it better, some not. But like when you look at, you know, carpentry or things like that, it's like actual physical goods being made, you kind of learn very quickly they don't know what they're doing. But with what we do, it's it takes a it can take a couple weeks or a few months or a year of investing time and energy into um, building someone up to finally realize they all but bald face lied to you. Yeah. So it's, it's hard and it's hard at times to, to discern who's being truthful and who's not, but overall we're really good to our people and um, sometimes better than we should be. And as long as that's reciprocated, uh, it's a, it's a good working relationship. Spencer just hit that as long as it's reciprocated. And one of the fun things that, that I've thoroughly enjoyed, um, especially over the last few years, is we provide so many opportunities for education in-house that, um, you know, whether it just be from another team member or, um, you know, paid training or conferences or whatever it may be, that we allow them the opportunity to grow both professionally and, and personally, that all of those opportunities are there. It's who takes advantage of them who actually steps up. So, you know, as he mentioned, going through the interview process, it's very difficult to identify that up front. But when you can see all of a sudden it clicks with somebody and they run with it. And it's sometimes somebody that you, that you least expect it from, and it just clicks. It's so much fun to watch that journey and, and allow them to, I mean, they're essentially just taking your playbook and running with it. And, And that's all you ever ask from somebody. So when somebody actually does it and follows the playbook, step by step. It's extremely exciting. And, and you get behind them and the whole team rallies behind them and you just keep, you know, everybody tries to elevate that person. Right. I like that answer. All right. Um, how long do you plan on being this business and, um, add to it? What do you see this business being five, 10 years from now? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question, right? I mean, you, uh, there's, there's so many different things that, that can play into that. But I mean, the short answer is, as long as we continue to be successful, profitable company, um, delivering to our clients is is number one, and 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 taking care of our employees and giving back to shareholders, it, there's no reason for this thing to ever die. Right now, of course, there's all kinds of circumstances that can come along that could change the path of that, but you know we won't go into all those. Um, you know, at the end of the day, as long as all of those things continue to be met, this keeps living. It keeps moving forward. Keep the dream living. All right. Um, what are your highest business expenses? If you could give me about three, you can think of at the top of your head. Payroll, payroll, payroll. <laughs> um, no, seriously. I mean, in in, uh, in our business, it truly is number one payroll. I mean, it's our people. We don't have, um, you know, we're not stocking up inventory and goods and different products and whatnot in house. And um, it's our people. That's they're the ones that produce the work. Um, so from, uh, from a payroll standpoint, everything that, that comes along with that and benefits, um, after that, we'd probably go into a little bit of the overhead, uh, followed suit by probably our subscriptions and different applications. When you add kind of a little bit of, well, we have paid advertising stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, of that course, technically, yeah. would be, te- technically that's our inventory. Yeah. 
um, uh, our paid advertising, like our uh, our budget that we run uh, for our clients, our paid advertising dollars. That's that's up there. That's uh, yeah. uh, honestly probably the number one overall. I, I had to compare those two numbers, but outside of that, uh, you know, payroll, just general overhead, and uh, you know, we invest a lot into different subscriptions that we use for. Project management and, uh, you know, anything design related. I mean, Spencer could probably rattle off a dozen different things that, you know, we yeah. subscribe to that it all adds up. Okay. Yeah, because at the end of the, like what Chris said about payroll, he said, he jokingly said payroll, 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 but end of the day, we're a service-based company. And we, like with paid advertising, like I mentioned, we do pass that, that's money passed through, like a client has a budget and we manage that budget for them. You know, so that's money being, it's passing through us to the publishers, but it's still, end of the day it's a check it has to be struck um but any service-based business you talk to pay, payroll is going to be their biggest expense because they're pe- like chris said their people their people is their product that's not good grammar but you get it i do all right um no i think you kind of touched point on this but how do you market your business we outsource it <laughs> we can keep it there <laughs> um, so we're really big on uh so we've we do run paid advertising. Uh, we do a lot of search advertising for us for ourselves, um, and then we do a lot of out like inbound marketing with our content. So we push a lot of content out right now. With the podcast being added, we're pumping out well over sixty pieces of content per week from the agency. That's a lot of content, guys. That's a that's a lot of content. That's written content. That's video content, audio content. Um. We do have, and then we've got social posts that we post. Um, so we do we do a lot of just content marketing for the most part, and our content for the most part is, is things like I keep saying for the most part, but our content is mainly things like this where it's value added. So we're adding value to our potential clients in the future. Like if you look at our social media, we're adding value to those in our industry, not our clients, um, our blogs on that side and our newsletter is adding value either to our partners on the traditional side that we partner with for our digital services to them or to a business owner who's been a client in the past and we're uh, educating them on a new tactic or something like that. But uh, I would say the, the bulk of our efforts are placed in content marketing and then we do have some some paid search advertising as well. It's funny, I'll, uh, I'll talk to different people in marketing and, and different agency owners. And for the most part, we do not have and have not had an outbound sales team or sales effort. And to be, to see the growth that, that we've experienced over the last few years and, and to be where we are today, it's, um, it, they honestly are just completely flabbergasted when, when you say that, you know, how do you gain leads? How do you, how are you selling more and more business and this and that? And, and they're like, you know, we've got a, a sales team of account executives of six people. And, you know, we're trying our best to find and win new business. And, and I'm like, we don't have any. And we have account managers and and uh, and project managers and, and so forth that attribute, obviously, in any kind of a sales call or, or meeting and whatnot, that, of course, that is true sales. But as an outbound effort, there really isn't one. And, and there really hasn't been. So it's that's kind of a unique thing that you don't come across very often in any any agency, um, especially within digital marketing, there's typically always some kind of an outbound sales team that's always trying to find new leads and close new business. Right. It proves successful. I mean, we get a lot of clients we've won. We've won because they'll say, 
you weren't gimmicky, you gave substance, you weren't sales esque, you know, like authentic. Exactly. Yep. Like we had a client. I'm sorry, I'm going a long ways on question five or whatever, but <laughs> we had a client one time and she, we were the third, we were the third meeting of the day. They met with five agencies. We were, no, we were the fourth meeting of the day, excuse me. And we ended up going back there three different times. I remember this was during a time at Red Shark when I slept here for about, <laughs> for about uh, six or eight weeks uh, with a project that we can't talk, that we're not going to talk about. And, um, so I didn't look the best, you know. I was probably on about two hours of sleep going in frazzled. there. Yeah, going in there. And beard was probably longer than it is now and hair too. And I walked in and I was I was wearing like just a button down with jeans and a pair of Oxfords. And the guys coming out were wearing suits like you are. And they were like super confident, bubbly acting and everything. And that, Chris knows how I am about stuff like that. And I just so I'll go in there and I, I sit down and I'm just listening and listening and finally – Finally, she's she's very blunt. Uh, this this client of ours, and she says, "Well, what do you have to say? Like you're not talking." And because our account manager was talking, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm just listening. Like I'm listening. Like I'm this is I'm in receive mode. I'm not here to suggest anything. I just want to hear what you want to accomplish." Well, no, you're here because I want to know what you would do for me. I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, this is what I'll do." And I'd be like, "Bang, bang, 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 bang." And I was like, "It's going to go here and filter up through there, and we're going to bring it over here, and then three months in, we're going to lateral over this." And the look on her face is just like. And I didn't think anything of it at the time because, again, I'm delirious. I meet with them three other times. Finally, we secure their business. They're a great client now. And a couple weeks ago, she she told, she brought in another team member and introduced them to myself and our account manager. And she's like, this one right here. She's like, I love him to death now, but that first time, I didn't know anything about him. Walks in, shirt. He, she's like, you, you just came in with your shirt untucked and you just sat there. She's like, your beard was long. And she like reached over and grabbed your beard. She's like, she's like, <laughs> did she really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And she loves, <laughs> she's, she's a toucher. And, um, she's like, and it, I was on, but then he started talking and he started talking. And I started listening and man, everybody was just trying to sell me and all that stuff and maybe sign contracts. And she's like, but this guy, I knew this guy was the guy they had in the basement doing the work. I'm like, well, I'm not in the basement. <laughs> not in the basement. <laughs> not anymore. That's, that's not who I, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> that's not who I am. But anyway, so it's just, it's funny. That's like. We don't have out. We don't have the outbound um, salespeople. We don't really have salesy people at all. And you know, we have a client like that that basically says, like, we recognize you weren't a salesperson, and that's why we chose you. Okay. Yeah. So that's a big win. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, a little bit more context than you probably asked for, but that'll get at least two pages. There you go, man. <laughs> we're we're working for you to get an A. <laughs> I hope I get it. Um. All right. What uh kind of training did you guys have before this uh, startup business? Absolutely none. I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I've I've been in marketing for over ten years, and um, so I had you know relatively good, solid experience. Four years of experience in just general marketing before going into it as a whole. But um, I didn't. Uh, I took you know a few classes in school and whatnot. And this, I'm already going down that road of what we've talked about a couple times now. But it's. It's never really what certifications and, and what education do you have. It's, you know, what can you produce? How can you do it? Can you figure it out? Can you solve what Spencer had mentioned about um, a few minutes ago? Can we solve the issue at hand? If we can solve it, we've proved ourselves. And we've done that hundreds and hundreds of times to date. Um, Spencer's background is a little bit different. Um, started in, uh, in a variety of different things. But, you know, right before Red Shark was, was photography. So, yeah. 
um, you know, photography. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been able to use those those skills, fortunately, um, you know, in in a variety of different ways over the years. But you know, nothing. It's not like you know either of us worked at an agency before or anything along those lines. It's you know, we just take what we know and we just continue to learn. One of the things that we push on everybody is just continue to be better. And uh, you know, I we both spend a lot of time on external resources, ensuring that we are always following that path, bettering ourselves every single day. Well, you spoke a little bit about photo- photography. My my mom's a professional photographer, and she uh, has her own website as well. Nice. So any advice that you could uh, um, yeah, give that? I don't know what platform she's using, but if it allows for alt text, use it. Um, within Lightroom, if she edits with Lightroom, make sure your copyright and your metadata is in your export settings because it works. Because I've got like if you search my name, Spencer Bunting, you're going to find photos that I took five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I haven't like I still I still shoot some on the side and I I still book jobs and I haven't posted anything pub- publicly in like three years. Um, so alt text in your images if it, if you're your website allows for it. If she's using something like Squarespace or Smug Mug or anything like that, or, or like shoot it, uh, they'll allow for that. And then make sure your metadata and your Lightroom export as well. Um, make sure your copy, like, so where, where you would place your copyright, put your metadata in for certain keywords, especially your name and stuff like that, um, helps a lot. Okay, awesome. I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Now, do you, you guys own this business, or is it you guys consider it a franchise? And if it is a franchise, what are the benefits of buying into the franchise? It is not a franchise. Um, we work with other franchises, but uh, it's it's not our model. That's uh, that's not how it is here. So we've um, we do have uh, some other shareholders, com- privately held um, LLC, and you know the beauty of it is. Uh, remaining small and in a tight group it gives uh us complete free reign to do you know whatever we want to do and and operate however we want to okay um but you do own majority that's right right (laughs) um we kind of touched base on number 10 um we're going to the next question. How do you find people to bring into your organization that truly care about this organization the way that you do we just hire my friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much where we're at today. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's truthfully, it's understanding a little bit. Uh, we we do really well in hiring from within. So some of our best people we have are people that started as part timers and intern, and it's by recognizing that they. When they're given a new task, they take it and they learn to either complete it or they ask the right questions. Or when they're asked to go above and beyond, they willingly do it and don't, they kind of willingly do it and then ask what for later. Uh, so they kind of prove themselves there. And then there's um, when we're talking to people that are new who are looking at hiring, it's very much so just understanding their overall non work related interests, if that makes sense. Like we, we're not. We're not the people that we want you going to dinner with us all the time. We're not going to be best friends hanging out all the time. But understanding you're going to have to spend between 40 to 60 hours with somebody, it's interesting. It's It goes a long way to at least know where where we stand on different mindsets, you know. Uh, so we, we put a understanding that we've been lied to a lot in the past. We 
focus a lot of our energy on the overall personality of a person and their compatibility with us as a company, not so much their skills. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, I, I live by a mantra that if you can think it, like if you can have the idea, I can teach you how to do it. But I can't teach you how to think. Yeah. Yep. Good answer. Um, we'll touch a little bit on a couple more questions. Um, how important have good employees been to your success? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I you know, I struggle. Friends. I struggle to to identify them. But no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I. Spencer started as graphic designer, part-time, hourly, um, pretty entry-level wage, hourly wage, if I if I remember correctly. And um, in a you know a little over uh, about three years, all the way up to COO, um, and and operates everything inside and outside of this company. So um, when you can identify that, and you can remove obstacles and chains and and allow people to run with a path and a vision that's aligned with where you want to go the possibilities are endless and you know it's he joked about you know hiring his friends but i mean there there are there are several people that work here that have been good friends for a long time and and you're all actually involved in a, a church organization you know for the most part outside of here which um which is really cool because it's allowed them to work together in a different environment. They do a lot of uh, uh, different media production and and different groups uh, at the church. That it's very easy for him to identify. Hey, who works and who who's just here just to to play and have fun yeah. and um, and that's a really good starting point to say, hey, you know this this person's got a great work ethic. Maybe we should talk to him a little bit further and right. see what happens. Yep, it's worked well so far. That's good. Um, all right, these two, I like these two. What pieces of advice would you give to college students who wants to become an entrepreneur? Don't wait till you graduate. Do it. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen so many times that they will do that. And then as soon as they graduate and get a job of any kind, all of those previous efforts and ambition goes completely out the window. It's like, Oh, you know, I don't have time for it any longer. You know, it's something that they're doing on the side and sometimes it's a good idea and it could go somewhere. Sometimes it's not. And, but at the end of the day, it's just, there's a very quick excuse that comes into play. You know, I don't have enough time in the day and I'm sorry, but there, if, if you ever, 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 ever have that excuse, when you're creating a business or, or, you know, wanting to create a business, you are the old term of a wantrepreneur. You're not going to be able to, you, you want to be that person. You want to have, um, you know, the things that come with it, advantages and disadvantages. But, you know, when, when it's time to grind or put in more sacrifice, something sacrifice, whether it be home, um, you know, going out with your friends or spending money on this or that, there's all these different things that you can sacrifice in order to work a full-time 40 hour job, 40 hour a week job, and still be able to accomplish whatever you started either in school or whatever you want to start today. So if they, even if they haven't done it, um, and they've got that job, I mean, there's, there is time to do it. You just have to do. 
Okay. So pretty much when the idea comes, stick to it and see where it goes from there. Yeah, and not over th- I mean not overthink it like um even I mean me and you have had those conversations too. I think I might have told this story one time already. But about we were going somewhere and you had a folder or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like over prepared. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, just go, like, yep. just do it. Um, so it's like there's so many opportunities too, like with entrepreneurship. Like if I'm saying this, and I know people that work here listen to this. If you work for somewhere that does tech or any type of tech stuff, and you want to start with tech, you can basically use the work computer, steal the work internet, and then print stuff too, as long as they're not tracking it. Now, don't get any ideas if you work for Red Shark because we're <laughs> going to come get you. But and just in general, there's not like any, like Chris said about the want. If you're looking at things like, if I can only do this, or if this is that, and this is that, this, you know, timing's never going to be perfect. It's just like money, like saving money. Timing's never perfect to save money. But when you save first and then spend second, you know, you start saving more. Um, but like any type of, any type of thing that you're starting, business you're starting right now, unless you're starting something that's got like a huge amount of capital you have to have to like buy product or something like that. And even that, you can start preparing. Like you can start reaching out and building relationships with potential investors. You can start proving the concept beforehand, like a sample size, things like that. But I mean, Chris and I have talked about this. Like I did, I ran drop shipping stores a lot in my first two years here. And those things, I don't, I don't know what you know about drop shipping, but those things are like you prop them up, and if they do well, you take them. Like you leave them there. If they don't do well, you take them down and start again. And that's like every day. Like every day, you're starting a new store. If it does well. Within the first 30 minutes to an hour of ads, you're good. If not, start over. Like, fail fast. It's a really, really minute example, but it's like, just do it. You Don't know? be afraid to fail. Yeah, don't. Yeah, fail forward is the main thing. Yep. I don't know who coined that term, but it's a it's a big term. All right. Um, all right. If you had the chance to start over, what would you change? Chance to start over, what would I change? Stay on 10th Street. Yeah. <laughs> Probably move a little bit less. We, we've yeah. we've we've yeah. moved a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, probably. I mean, when you're going through, uh, it kind of goes apart with the, of the business. Uh huh. Um, you know, if you had a chance to do the business over again, was it something you'd change, or would you stick to what you did before? I think a, a, the biggest thing over overlying thing that I would come back to is. While you're bootstrapping a business, uh, you know, utilizing every resource that you possibly can and, and going into debt and, uh, to get to where you need to be, always make sure that you're planning for the long term. You're not planning for just 30, 60, 90 days from now. You're planning for 12, 24 months, 36 months from now, whether you're going to make it there or not, you know, whether the inevitable seems like it's, it's impossible, we're never going to make it to that point you still have to plan and operate the business like you're going to. Okay. Yeah. If you are in the place where you're working somewhere else and you're leaving a job, have a year's worth of expenses already paid, like saved. Yeah. Yep. Or six months. When I started my first company on my own, um, which was like web hosting and freelance graphic design, I had six months worth of bills. Now my bills were like nothing at the time because I lived with three other people and an old house that rent was stupid cheap, but um, I had six months worth of bills saved. You know, that was for my personal bills. So anything I made from the business, I could put back into the business, either a new computer or a new program or anything like that. Because this is this a time when programs I used were $1,000 a month. I mean, $1,000 a year. They weren't 
they weren't uh, ten dollars a month. Yeah, right. They were a thousand dollars a year, and if you might get lucky and get a pirated copy, or you might get your computer, like your IP <laughs> blacklisted. Uh, so, yeah, just make like Chris said about don't look at the thirty, sixty, ninety. Look at you know way in the future, but uh, and also like a more I guess actionable piece is like make sure your runway is at least a year. Like you have a, a year's worth of runway. I, I I made that that very mistake. I I jumped immediately into I found a solution, a way to to build and mobile apps like how we had started and and started selling them very quickly and all of a sudden I had revenue and I had a job too that I was supposed to be doing uh you know selling yellow pages different you know internet products and whatnot traveling all over the place and all of a sudden I had to make a really fast decision of hey you know I've got to make a break here or or this is just going to have to stop and it felt like too much of an opportunity and 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 low risk generally I mean I didn't have kids um, wasn't married at the time. I was, I was with my wife, but wasn't married at the time. And, and it, it just felt like a, a go, you know, don't, don't really think of the ramifications, just go. And I was making really good money doing that. And I did not have enough saved up. I went into $80,000 in debt, uh, very quickly about the first 18 months or so. I mean, that took years, uh, to work through. So, um, you know, I, I did what I had to do, you know, to get through that and, um, keep the lights on both at home uh, and in the office. All right. Um, I guess we'll do one more question before we take a little break. Um, what would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you need to know how to talk to people, or if you don't know how to talk to people, have somebody who can talk to people. You need to be able to quickly prove the value in what you do. Um, and then you need to understand that um, it's you first before anything else. So not you first in a selfish way, but like it, it falls on you ultimately to get your job done. Uh, so like with, obviously, I mean, I don't, I'm not the owner here, but with the team, I can't, I can blame the team. Like I can say, you know, X, you were so, you know, you were so slow, but you didn't get it done. But end of the day, when I meet with a client or I'm meeting with uh Chris and the other ownership, the rest of the ownership group, and I'm talking, I can't say to them, so-and-so didn't get it done, no problem, wash my hands of it. Like, there's no, you have to be able, you have to be accountable, you have to be uh, driven and want it, and then you have to be uh, somewhat social, you know, because in the day, it's still just you. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. You Um, can be weird, like the big tech CEOs that don't talk to people, you know? Yeah. Understood. For the most part, small businesses, <laughs> you need to be able to talk to people. All right, good. I think it's a good time for a break. Episode, um, we're going to have to look at the camera here. We, we're lacking a producer today, so I'm just going to look there. This week's episode, uh, we are actually supported by J. Scott Investments. J. Scott Investments is a small business uh, banking that works for you. With over a decade of lending experience, J. Scott Investments offers something the market hasn't given business owners before, a partner and an advocate. Fund solutions tailored specifically to your business needs, their secret is contractual relationships with direct lenders that allow compensation without having you feel the financial burden. Get peace of mind when you partner with J. Scott Investments. What are you waiting for? Start living your dream career today and apply now at jscottinvestments.com forward slash apply now. So, what do you think so far, Chris? Uh, pretty good. Looks yeah. like we're about half an hour in. Okay. Well, um, maybe might be in for a doozy. Yeah, it looks that way. 
So we've got to, you've got forty five total. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Ready to go. All right. Yeah. Well, if uh, if we have to, we can hit that sixty minute mark. Just start rapid fire. Yeah. If we uh, hit sixty, we'll just hit. Well, yeah. Three words only. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fine with me. He had, he asked the question in three words, and we answer it in three words. Okay. It's gonna get really um, it's gonna get really muddy. <laughs> Maybe we should put a rapid fire button here on this table for we need just to. anything. Yeah, Overall we need timer to, too. We talked about that. We should make the lights blink red when yep. it hits into sudden when it hits into rapid fire time. Sudden death. <laughs> yeah, sudden death question <laughs> round. All right. All right, shoot. All right. Going moving on. Um what have been some failures and what have you learned from them? Gosh. Uh all kinds of failures. I mean, I I think the probably the hardest one that is the most difficult to master is on the managing people side. Um, and I mean, we've talked some about it already, but um, it's so difficult to manage people in general, but to give them the skills and the opportunities for them to succeed with you. Um, you have to make sure that you have all the right things in place for when things go wrong. Um and know how to handle certain situations. So, you know, whether you have one employee, two employees, 20, 100, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the rules and laws of things are, are pretty much apply the same. And, and you've got to be knowledgeable to know how to handle all of these different situations. So, I mean, if you're, you're a startup, you're the CEO, you're the CFO, you're the HR person, uh, you're, you're, you're the operations guy. I mean, you're everything. So, yeah. You wear a lot of different hats, and if you go into something that you know you haven't even put that hat on for a little while, uh, to have a little bit of background to know what you're doing in that point, you can really get yourself in trouble. Okay. Not that we've ever experienced that, you know, directly. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to always be, you know, as prepared as we we possibly can be in any situation. It's just it's one of those things that uh, you know, again, back to the wearing hats, you got to have a little bit of knowledge of everything. Okay. Um. When an idea comes up in your head uh, for a business or for an, uh, an entre- being an entrepreneur, uh, how long would you stick with that idea before you before you give it up, move on to the next idea? Depends on what the friction is from keeping you getting it to success to a successful manner. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, so if you're running into a funding problem, you can call our friends at J. Scott Investments. Uh, com slash apply now. Boom. Free plug. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, if you're, it's a funding problem, you can, uh, you know, funding something you kind of, we talk about this on Blue Car CFO, another show on our, on our network, but um, it's something you plan for before you need it. Uh, that's when you're already established. Um, so, but also with an entre- on the entrepreneur side, when you're starting a business, starting it or trying to fund an idea, you have to, if it, it like I said, if it's the funding, funding's kind of that thing that with your network and if you're looking in the right places, that's something that may take some time, but it is something that can come relatively easily if you play it correctly. Understand it's going to take some time and you're going to have some hiccups here and there. If it's you, you have lack of talent around you. It's um, is the lack of talent there? Is your idea too advanced? Not too advanced, but are you are you thinking are you thinking um, at a, a faster rate than technology is allowing for, and you don't even know that, so you've got to find the person to tell you. And then ultimately, is it is it something that's a completely saturated market? Is it something that you're trying to 
uh, it's not a very wide gap that you're able to satisfy or it, or someone has created a wide gap. So Seth Godin talks about this in a book where he talks about, um, to catch up with someone who's doing a really good job, you have to either take a different route or, or, um, or be prepared to spend a lot of money and time. So he uses Microsoft office as an example, right? So Microsoft office for forever has had word. It's had Excel. It's had PowerPoint. Um, I think they have publisher now, which does website stuff. And then they had, um, they've got another one that does like, Oh, the paint, they have Microsoft paint. That makes me cringe. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me cringe too. Um, but you have, but then, so Google's like, you know, now we have Google, Google apps with, with Google docs, um, Gmail. So Outlook was, was Microsoft's email client. So you have Gmail, you have, uh, Google docs, Google sheets, Google slides. You also have Google drawing. So what they did Google obviously has enough money to spend money to beat them. But what they did is they changed the platform entirely. So instead of trying to compete with Microsoft in regards to a um, relatively expensive at the time desktop software, Google changed the platform entirely and made it so you had to use it within a browser. And it was free. So it's like how did, now with the business side and G Suite side, you can, you can you know, they make their money. But for Google to to gain market share of the office software community and industry, they changed the platform entirely. You know, so it's understanding: are you going to be able to fill a gap or not? Um, but even that comes down back to friction. So it's understanding: is the friction that you're experiencing from it being successful or not within your control or out of your control? All right. Um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, add two of these questions together and try to make it short. Um. How many hours a day do you work on average and describe and outline that typical day? You first, Vince. <laughs> okay. Um, so typical most days, uh, probably in the office, probably 12. Most The average day. It hasn't been like that the last week. The average day is probably about 12 hours here, and then I'll go home and work for probably two or three more, so I guess that's 15. Um, but there have been times when it's been even longer than that. There's been times like I told Chris about this recently when I was leaving where we, we just moved here a few weeks ago into this office. When we were leaving the existing office at the time, we shared a building with other people. So our office was one suite out of the rest of them. Excuse me. And there were times when I would go in our front door and not only would I never go outside of our building, I would never leave our office, like into the rest of the, the building anywhere for like 12 or 14 hours. Like it would hit me. I'd get there when it's dark, leave when it's dark and walk out and be like, I haven't left my desk, you know? Um, but so I'm kind of a, a rogue in that regard. But my day is basically spent, um, the, the first part of the day is spent catching up on whatever came through in the middle of the night or first thing that morning in regards to email, project management, any type of team communication. Um, I'm preparing. We Every morning we have a, a stand-up, which we uh, video in our Raleigh office. And sometimes we call in people who aren't here, maybe out for meetings or things like that. And then, But for the most part, the whole team is together for 15 minutes, uh, standing around in a circle. So I prepare for that. Uh, we have stand-up. After that, I typically have like one-on-one conversations with everybody, making sure that they are... Uh, prepared for the day and what they need to have. If they have any questions for me. Um, the, the bulk of my 11 to three 30 or four is typically spent in meetings. That's where I like to have those meetings, um, between 11 and four. And then around four 30, I'm 
around 4 to 4.30, I'm debriefing from emails that I've missed in those meetings. And then I kind of get settled in, in my office to start working on whatever I'm actually doing. So whether that's preparing a presentation, working on proposals, contracts, so I still do some design work, maybe working on a piece of content for us, uh, maybe still replying to things, working through solutions for, for problems other team members have and overall preparing and then moving into whatever side stuff we've got coming three, four months away from now for the business uh, that we're going to be introducing uh, that we're working on in parallel. So it's basically um, I work my I work my Red Shark shift and then I clock out and work my my second shift of whatever <laughs> whatever else is there. Now, there has been a time when there was a project that we had like that. There was a project where I literally worked my nine hour Red Shark day. I would I would leave for like 30 minutes or walk around for like 30 minutes and then I would sit back down at my desk and work another eight hour day on that project. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was, we, we reference that one a lot. Yeah. A bit. I have PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> so. and Chris, is it kind of the same thing that, so it, this dude, he it used to be right now and watches the news. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Message. I used to, when, uh, <laughs> my job, when I was selling yellow pages, um, there's this guy there that he was, he was like a senior, uh, AM and he, he told me he would go home every day and he would take like a 20 or 30 minute nap. This is totally running down a hole right now, but, um, and how, you know, he'd be able to do it, close his eyes for 20 minutes and boom, bounce back. You know, Ronald Reagan did it every day in the white house and, and this and that. And, and, uh, anyways, I used to do that when I, when I worked that job and, I'm one of those that I can I can close my eyes for 15 or 20 minutes and you know snap awake and be right back at it and not feel you know like I just took a I missed a two hour nap or whatever it may be but um, anyways it used to be very aligned with uh, Spencer's uh, uh, pretty much daily flow of at least from an aspect of uh, 12 hours a day um, I mean I was that way for years I've been fortunate enough to work into a position and hire the right people and, and maintain a team that, um, you know, can allow for the day-to-day operations to continue without my constant oversight. And, um, you know, a lot of that, uh, comes from the ability of just, you know, overall growth in general, but also, you know, working through times of figuring out, okay, well not working, in the business, working on the business now and trying to always look at, uh, the long-term vision of, of what we're doing, what every seat is doing. Um, I work a lot with our partners, um, as well. So, um, you know, when I am in the office, it's, it's pretty aligned with, uh, you know, the general flow of the day, but you know, for my seat, it's, it's never off. I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or it's the middle of the night or what time of day it is. Uh, you know, it's, it's always on. There's never, if you begin to ignore things that are coming through when you're in this seat, I think that is a telltale sign that you're either burnout or you're, you're not fit for it any longer, whatever it may be that it's, it's time to move on. Um, and I think if anybody ever has those feelings, it's, you know, it's probably a good time to just pause and maybe look in the mirror and reassess things. So, um, I always wake up very first thing, grab my phone and I go through, what did I miss when I was asleep? And right before I go to bed, I do the same thing because I do not want to wake up first thing in the morning and feel like I am behind. I, I keep a note in my phone of, Hey, this is what I got to do. And I'll actually label it. Um, it's not very organized, but I think it is, uh, I'll label a new note the day 
I'll just say Thursday, and it'll just be a bullet list of everything I want to accomplish that day. So when I wake up, I already know what I'm going to do that day. Um, and of course, if I don't get to anything, move it to the next day or, but I mean, in, in general, you're always trying to accomplish everything on that list. It's a great way for people that can't figure out, Hey, there's not enough time in the day. I want to do this. I want to do this with my family or, um, you know, I want to go out to dinner. I want to go work out, but I want to, I got to work eight hours in my job and I still need two hours to do my side hustle. The time is there. And if you actually detail that out into a, you know, hour by hour and you stick to it, the time is there. You'd be amazed how much you actually waste on, I see a lot of people just wasting it on social media in general, you know, just scanning. There's, you know, social media is a phenomenal tool. It's, you know, a big piece of the business that we're in. But if you're just using it to, um, you know, dilute your time and admire in ways that's not going to be beneficial to you of what you're trying to achieve, you're not learning in in any way. uh, You're just completely wasting your time. So, I mean, in general, I would, you know, I've always said to people just, detail out your entire day. There's time. I cannot stand when somebody says they just, they want, 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 want something. And then they go, I don't have enough time. And you're looking at them. And you're just yeah. like, you know what you can do. And you don't feel like you're any different from them. It's just like, well, there is time. It's right here. Well, you know, what are you doing during this time stretch from, you know, seven to 9 PM? What are you doing? Oh, I'm just, you know, catching up on the bachelor. Yeah. I just tell people they're lazy. Yeah. And, well, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know? And, you know, Spencer's always more direct and blunt than I am, and that but that's exactly right. I just treat my list like I've got my list, and I, it's probably been a long time since you've seen it, but I have, like, a note just like you, but it's a week. So it'll have, like, week of, and then it has this, the the Monday through the Sunday. And I, just, I start with my list, and then every day, like, as something comes in, I add it to the bottom, and as things are checked off, I move them to a done, and I've got it broken out like hands, like actual work I have to produce, I have mind for things I have to to solve and think through. And then I have communication, which is like either emails or proposals or presentations, things like that. But um, it helped whatever works, works. There's no like, there's no specific rhyme or reason, but keep trying different note taking structures, things like that to be more efficient. But that's not your question, but it's some good information. It's, it's great information. It's about how to that. be efficient yeah. in your day. Awesome. Okay. Um, now working all these hours, um, has this affected your family life, friend life? I don't have a family or friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a rogue. Yeah, we no. actually had to funnel natural sunlight into his office one time. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it was a weird day. Uh, <laughs> um, Sorry I would for say, day. yeah, yeah. Um, come back for episode two, I guess, or season two. Um, the um, uh, I would say that with for me, there was definitely friends that I've had that uh weren't as accommodating to me working a lot um or you miss out on things so it's not like they're not like well we're not going to include spencer it's just like over time like i would miss things and then i would just kind of naturally not be not not invited but not like a big deal of like making sure i was present and aware but that's also that's on me more than anything else and those relationships have been rebuilt and remedied um but with there's definitely times with i'm engaged and she she's been very patient especially on weekends and things like that when I have to work to get us caught up. But there's, I've been more conscious about fixing things. So I am able to maintain that relationship uh, and certain relationships better and making work sacrifices. Cause um, just like with 
owning the business, um, it's very easy to like business, like work is work is work and that's it. Like that's what I do. And then I, I, I work first and then I'm this or then I'm that or then I'm this. And, um, so I had that mindset for a couple of years, but luckily not, there was no irreparable damage from okay. it. All right. Um, is there someone or something that motivates you? I wouldn't say someone. We both suffer from imposter syndrome. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Refer back to the last episode if you missed that. Yeah. Part two coming soon. Um, I think just in general, um, I like to feel that I accomplished something like every day. And that's a part of like why back to the list. Like if I, you know, complete everything on my list, I feel, you know, at least relatively accomplished for that day that I completed something. So you've always got to be continually working towards, you know, more like a higher end open goal. I mean, I, I don't have some line that's drawn, you know, somewhere down in the sand, that's five, 10 years from now, whatever it may be that I'm like, okay, I hit it. I'm good. Accomplished it. My work here is done. Um, I don't have that. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but you know, I don't have that. And it's just a constant, you know, again, you're just trying to accomplish more and more every day. Um, yeah, I, I think there, there's probably inspiration for certain facets of the, sure of the existing company. Um, but I, I, there's not an inspiration for me in regards to like wanting to take us where we're going or like put us where we are more know? on a personal side now that, you know, and going back to your previous question, I mean, now I have, you know, was married and then all of a sudden, you know, not, not a whole lot changed with in terms of, uh, you know, the, the work home balance, you know, in that situation. But, um, I tell you what does change it is kids. And, uh, it fortunately, unfortunately took me a little bit of time to figure that out. Um, and, and fortunately, you know, it, it wasn't too late. I was, I was able to, you know, identify that and, and realize, you know, what truly is important and, and how to better balance, uh, being a father and still all the obligations that come with running the business. Um, very, very challenging to do. It's something that's, you know, I, I literally deal with every single day of, you know, just trying to balance that out. I remember when Chris's second kid was coming, like a few months before, like not in the moment. And <laughs> I, he's like, he's talking to me and the CFO, and he's like, well, I'll be back at this day. I'll be back on that day. And we're both like, no, you need to stay home with your kid. Like, yeah. it just like Chris's primary residence isn't in Greenville. So I was like, no, like you're not coming back two weeks after. Like, just no. My yeah. wife likes to remind me of uh, yeah. the times with our firstborn and, and uh, you know, just the – the overall, uh, I was still prioritizing the business and, and as number one, overall number one. And, you know, I relatively still do today. I've just found a better way to balance my time and, and the whole work-life uh, ratio. Uh, but, I mean, you're, you're never off ever. So you just find the ways to be in the moment. You know, if you, if you have an opportunity to go and do something and enjoy some time with the family or your kids – you do it and you'd be present and you're there. And when you do that, it's reciprocated. It should be reciprocated. And it is in my case, I'm, I'm speaking to others out there. It should be reciprocated back to you. So when they, when you have that mutually mutual understanding, it's 
you have uh, not not necessarily leverage there, but you have at least the ability to go do what you have to do, right? And and if you don't have that, um, you know, you're going to have a difficult road ahead for you. Okay, so pretty much, um, it's okay to be a self motivator, like you don't need someone to help you accomplish what you're you're accomplishing. Yeah. I don't know that's a that you don't need someone, but yeah. you know we're I I don't think that. I mean, do you a, personally? I'm not a you know uh, aspiring to to be somebody you know mm-hmm. that I have you know identified or or anything along those lines. It's you know I have different things that that motivate me. I mean, like I just talked about. I mean, family and kids. I mean, obviously, you know that motivates you in a different way than it did from when I initially started the business. Um, and one of the one of the biggest things that that made me start to look outside of what I was doing in that sales job was I felt guilty as shit every time I walked in the door to another small business and had to sell them what I was selling because I wouldn't buy it myself. Mm-hmm. And I can say that now, but you know I would hear the stories and see this you know family run business and you know they're just trying to make ends meet and employ 10, 15, 20 people. And, and then you're going in and trying to sell them, you know, some kind of an advertised marketing product that you didn't believe in and you knew, you knew it was shit. And, and that drove me nuts. I mean, to the point where I started going in and being blunt about it and saying, you know, whether it was like a renewal or something, I would say, Hey, I wouldn't do this myself. And I would literally walk out knowing that, Hey, I just got a cancellation, whatever. I'm not going to get paid the commission on it so be it. And that obviously that started to affect my paycheck to a point of, you know, realizing, Hey, I could probably go do something better or, or bring these people something better than I'm bringing them today. Would you say that fear of failure is a motivator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's actually That's one point. of my questions. Yeah. I'm trying yep. to get, I'm trying to get an answer to like, I, I'm, I, I'm so, really good at surfacing answers with other people, yeah. um, but I'm not, not that great about it, doing it for myself. So I'm working through an answer to give you from my side, but what, like what would motivate me, but my, when, as a very young kid and all through grade school and growing up and whatnot, my, my dad had a sense of instilling a fear in me of failure, a fear. And I was not, I mentioned this in our last uh, episode, I was always a BC student and it took me a lot to be a BC student. Right. So this was all based on, okay, report cards came back and, you know, it, it, you know, told him, Hey, you're a smart kid. You know, why aren't you doing better in school? You're not really getting in trouble. And you know, where is, uh, where's the disconnect? And it was just like a constant, like, Hey, you know, you, you got to figure this out or, or else, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ramifications now. And then when you're older, there's going to be all kinds of ramifications. Um, and I think that just kind of gave me that, Hey, and I would try harder and harder and harder at school. And then finally I, ha- I had the realization I'm never going to be bit better than a BNC student. I got to figure figure out something else. And that's when I started at the age of 14. I started uh, cars, C-A-R, my initials, cars, auto detail. And uh, I went around. Such a clever guy. Right. Went around to uh, about 200 houses and spreading out flyers. And I started detailing cars left and right. Um, And, and just like, I realized, Hey, I'm good at work. And, especially when it's me and something I care about and I'm going to deliver on it. And I started getting really, really good feedback from, from what I was doing. It's like, Oh, you know, it was just like a relief of, Hey, I started something. I'm, you know, 
something I am passionate about and care about and, and it works. Um, so yeah, I mean, to answer that directly, it's, it's probably for the most part, feel fear of failure. Okay. Yeah, it's probably, I would, I'm not going to say the same, but I think a lot of people could say the same. All right. So we're going to go through a uh, change of pace here. We're going to do some rapid fire. If that's all right with you guys. Yeah, yeah let's go. All right, here we go. I right, um, got a really good clip on failure and fear. Yep. How far are you willing to go for this success? I've gone pretty far. Uh, and meaning, <laughs> especially from a, uh, you know, monetary standpoint, uh, you know, personal debt and business debt over the years of, of, uh, trying to make things, everything, everything come together. I mean, if at the end of the day that fails, it's all me coming back on. It's my name. And that is, I've seen it happen to people and it's just years and years and years of digging out, uh, of those holes. But one thing that I've always, uh, doubled down on, uh, and is myself, you know, I'll continually bet on myself that, you know, what we're doing myself. And, and when I mean that of like, what we're doing as a team while it's myself that has those uh, responsibilities from a fiscal standpoint. Um, you know, it's, I will always bet on myself and my team to get to wherever we need to go. It's not failed me to date. And I don't think that it ever will be continuing to make the right moves. Um, um, how do you guys define success? Take it, Spence. Being able to live the life you want to live. Yeah. Boom. Perfect. Thanks. All right. Um, what is the best way to achieve long-term success? Set clear goals. So I'm really, so basically, you know, live the life you want to live. Um, it's funny, Ryan, who's my fiance, she and I talk about this a lot about, where and we talked about this last episode about like promotions that have been given. Like it's never been like a, Hey Chris, I need this or give it to me. Um, it's always been earned um, and then continued to be earned on top of that. But for me, money um, it's knowing what you want to do. So what do you want to do in life? There's like three things that I want in life, physical, physical things that I want eventually and understand how much those cost and then find a job that pays for those things. That in my term, if I'm if I'm happy with what I have and content with what I have, I'm, I'm successful. So, do any of them have four wheels? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, two of them do. Two of them do. Nice. And so it's you know it's just understanding like so I've set clear goals so like I know what I've got to do to my goal is I won't feel like a failure if I never hit them but I would ideally like to hit them by the time I'm 35 or 40 so I've got seven to 12 years left. Okay. Seven to 13 years left. Excuse me. All right. Um, next question. Is your company profitable or what is your profit for last year? And no, it's okay if you guys don't answer that question. We were profitable last year, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've been, uh, we've always been profitable. Um, and I mean, I won't dig into further details on that, but I mean, that's, I think you said at the beginning of this, that's, uh, you've got to make sure that, um, that's number one or close to it when starting a new business. Uh, is making sure that, you know, there's there's a really good book called uh, Profit First. Profit First. All right. Profit over revenue. Awesome. 
Where did your organization's funding capital come from and how did you go about getting it? And how did you obtain those investors for your venture? Uh, initially, uh, right off the bat, I had a partner um, that I started this with that I bought out a few years ago. Uh, we reached out to two family members and had an initial investment of 30000 so it was fifteen apiece. Um, so we started all of this on that initial. There was never any additional. It was like, a, hey, this is it. You better make it work. Um, and that's that's what got us off the ground initially. Now, a variety of things over the years. Uh, we're fortunate enough to get to a point where uh, we landed an SBA loan, uh, which if anybody's ever been through, it's one of the most strenuous processes I've literally ever been through my entire life from an from an application standpoint, approval process. Um, but, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to have uh, everything aligned to be able to do that and and refinance some things and, and get us into a really good position for, for moving forward. All right. Uh, would you guys like to take another break? We're two-thirds in. Fifteen to go. It's okay. When we can take a break. We don't have any other sponsors. We can keep going. All right, let's, let's do it then. <laughs> All right, here we go. How do you book, how do you build a successful customer base? Uh, be honest, respond quickly, and uh, under promise, over deliver. Yeah. All right. Big time. Number two, I cannot stress enough. Just respond, people. I mean, like document everything. I mean, even back to uh, just recently in this new building, trying to get a uh, a sign done, and I contacted four companies. Yeah, and I mean, it it two of them took over a week to reply, and it's like I'm trying to give you business. I'm trying to give you my money. Just reply. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at, at how many people just don't. Uh, you still hear from them? Yeah, you just never hear from them. We actually get a lot of response of, "Oh my god, that was fast!" You know, yeah. you, are you just sitting there waiting for this to come in? Yeah. Well, Thanks oh. for the quick response. Yeah. yeah. How did you just? How did you guys decide on this location? Um, it satisfied certain criteria, uh, so we were in Uptown Greenville, and um, I don't care who I offend with this anymore. I didn't care in those meetings. Parking is a fucking joke um, in Uptown Greenville, and anyone who has a problem with it can come to Cromwell Drive and talk to me about <laughs> it. Um, so that was one of the main things uh we were going to be spending more for our employees to park than we would for rent in the building we were in thousands yeah and then um we wanted a standalone building uh and we wanted somewhere kind of more centralized to our team so there's only one person who this is further away from their home than the other office but for the majority it's like everybody's within five minutes away uh, so that's very convenient because we got a few team members that have kids. Several team members are married with, you know, and have spouses to get home to and things like that. Uh, and then ultimately just more space. Like we have, we had the space to build what we're sitting in, um, more space to accommodate the team as we grow. And uh, just, it's just satisfying a lot of things that have been problems for the last few years. Did you mention parking? Yeah, parking. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, parking. <laughs> yeah. That's been resolved. Yeah, right, yeah finally. Good. Awesome. All right. Do you believe there is some sort of pattern or formula to become a successful entrepreneur? Um, yeah, stop looking for patterns and formulas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no, no secret sauce. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, so it's one of those things like you can find a mentor, find things that's like do this, do that, do this, do that, and like ways of like being lean and working fast. 
Um, but ultimately, you you have to understand that you're either your worst enemy or your best uh, proponent. And it, get, like get out of your own way and just do do the thing. So like Chris is talking about, you know, Chris talked about laying out your agenda. And I know this is rapid fire, but I'll speed up. Um, the laying out your agenda and things like that. Like you can so easily get caught up in the weeds of like 30 minutes of planning your day and then like tweaking your day. Whereas you could just start on it as you go and then document. Okay, this worked for me today. I'm going to replicate it tomorrow. Spend five, 10 minutes or, or 30 minutes may work for you. That's not like, I'm not saying that's something wrong, but um, I just keep a running list. So like, like our account manager asked us for something while we're sitting here. I put it on my list to do when I sit down, when I get at, when we get done here. So it's just figuring out what works best for you and then capitalizing on it. Um, if you're looking for if you're looking for a formula or something like, and that's gonna you're you're banking everything on it. For the most part, you're gonna learn from someone else who's done it, and their success came from doing it first, probably. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, who or what has been your greatest inspiration? Um, in regards to my daily behavior, probably a couple mentors I had early on in the way I treat and approach things. Um, in my pursuit to uh, leading a kick-ass digital agency team, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah I don't that's have a tough like one. A, I mean, we didn't, uh, kind of goes back to earlier of, you know, not being able to identify one particular uh, you know, person, yeah. uh, necessarily, but I mean, I, I don't know for me personally to look back on it. I mean, I've had a number of really good, uh, male figures in my life growing up, uh, mostly, mostly family, um, you know, from both my granddads, um, you know, my uncle and, and, and of course my, my own father, I mean, just really good work ethics, doing the right thing and, and, uh, you know, being successful, finding ways to manage uh, the work and be successful, but also manage the family side of it too. And attention to detail, um, I don't know, a variety of things. But, I mean, if I couldn't identify, you know, one in particular person, certainly nobody that anyone uh, listening would know. But I would just say I've, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of good figures uh, in my life growing up. Um, what is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? Always something new. Yeah. Yeah. Always something new. I mean, that's, uh, I would say always something new and general flexibility. Um, just not anything that's, uh, not corporate like, you know, it's, (laughs) I mean, supposed to talk about going into the meeting and you know wearing uh you know just a button up and and pants and untucked and they're just like look at you you know why aren't you all spiffed up and you know coat on ready to go and it's like i don't know because we can be it doesn't matter you know we do good work and we're not trying to biggest one of the biggest projects i've ever sold i sold wearing what i'm wearing right now is that right slacks oxford and a long sleeve t-shirt long sleeve t-shirt i looked away from the thing maybe we should uh frame it yeah, <laughs> something about Jersey on the wall. <laughs> All right, uh, this would be a cool question. What has been your most satisfying moment in business? Being done with that project we can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, so 
um, I grew up with a dad who, uh, that's where a lot of my work ethic, work ethic comes from. Uh, a dad who worked all the time and like you, you have what you earn and that's what you have. And you know, you don't work, you don't eat type guy. <clears throat> and so he would never let me have participation trophies, of course, you know? Um, uh, so the ones that are behind us on the wall, uh, you can't see them in the shot, but you can see them, Kenneth. Uh, they, those are, those are a big deal to us because we hadn't won any at the time. Um, I don't, I don't take winning a trophy lightly. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, putting us on the map out there for that validation of like, Hey, not just our clients appreciate us, but other professionals who are f- further along in their c- careers have decided we excel here and then we continue to get them. So those are always nice. Um, they're also kind of pay to play. So I don't put a lot of value in them. Like my value is not found in the, the hardware we've collected, but I would say being able to sell some of the new things and transition away from our hands would yeah. be a big success. Um, so like we sell a couple different products that are all mind based and strategy based products where we don't actually have a deliverable attached to them aside from the research that we provide back and the facilitation of surfacing your, your kind of toughest problems solutions. And we, yeah, quite literally we sell, we sell a product like that, which is all our mind. Yeah. It's just all mine. Yeah. For more, Expertise. for more than we set, we used to sell our, our handwork for. Yep. So it's, you know, finding that success and proving your value, but also monetizing that same value, um, in an, in a entirely new way. All right. Um, we're getting close to the end. Um, what kind of culture exists in your organization and how did you establish this tone and why did you institute this particular type of culture? We have, uh, it's Go ahead, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's Let, interesting. It. Uh, we have a culture where, uh, you are able to be vulnerable and admit you don't know something. Um, as long as you come with an attitude of getting it done and fixing it, we're going to help you get there. If you come, if you're, if you admit you can't do something and you ain't, you're not trying to learn, uh, you're kind of, that's a different story. Yeah, You're kind of out the door, but, um, we create a culture mainly of communication and openness, uh, culture of working hard and not working, working hard and not looking at the time. Our goal is not to keep people in here until, until uh it's you do, leave. It, yeah, until I leave but to keep people here until the job is done we our culture is based around objectives so we set objectives we 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 meet and satisfy those objectives and then we celebrate that success and then we're done we move to the next one um and then we also have a culture of ex- i guess accountability uh we will very quickly call you out and make sure you're up to uh, getting your things done if you're not we we work through ways to get that uh, um corrected and then ultimately a i guess a culture of comfort as well i mean we we probably should say no more often probably but if you worked here kenneth you could pretty much eat all three meals here hey man i'm down <laughs> <laughs> and uh we, we fund a mini kitchen actually, and, and not yeah and not skip a beat um and you can play video games while you're doing it you yeah so yeah, that Modern Warfare Battle Royale just came out yeah Warzone. <laughs> it's get the job done and we don't care what else? Right. Get the yeah. job done. Get it done well. We don't care what else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In one word, characters characterize your life as an entrepreneur. I get. I take one. Both of you guys. One word. One word. Holy moly. Dig deep in that that dictionary. <laughs> Do you have one, Andy? Nah, uh, I got a phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
One word. Spencer's going to come up with something really, really good here. He's, One word for what? He's a word guy. Define what? To characterize your life as an entrepreneur. Uh, so I will talk about this. We're in premarital counseling the other day with Ryan, my uh, lovely fiance. Who's that? Oh, she's a saint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she is. She's way better than I am. But the, uh, she made the comment. She said, one of the most admirable things about your mate or whatever, she said that you have an, a, you have a bizarre ability to make money with anything you do. <laughs> Cause I remember how mad she was when I was going through that baseball card phase. Yeah. And I pulled that one Mayweather and made back every dollar I spent plus some <laughs> that um, quick, yeah, that quick. And then I sold more too and made more money off of it, but they were all over things. Anyway, one word. Don't, we're not supposed to have dead air, but I know, right? One word. Want to come back to it? I would. Uh, I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, without you know, trying to really dig in and come up with some fancy word, is uh, relentless. Uh, from a variety of different uh, views, you know, at personally and uh, at work. I mean, you you have to be relentless with uh, your intention of making sure that a hundred million things go are at least pointed in the right direction, uh, at work and at home. Uh, and you know, like I said, in a few, a little bit ago, throwing kids in the mix, you know, that has that many more arrows that you've got to make sure are pointing in the right direction at all times. You know, they don't always have to be straight up and down, but you know, you try to keep the, uh, try to be, uh, relentless in, in your will to keep them at least blowing, somewhat in the same direction all right uh yeah so i guess for me it'll be resilient i guess a word a good word um resilient in regards to you want me to define what i'm talking about or just say the word and be done up to you man well you started now you gotta finish yeah, okay yeah, yeah you kind of did <laughs> yeah it's just understanding that like regardless of, like chris used the word relentless you know or re- kind of a relentless pursuit of of excellence and success uh i'm assuming that's Mm-hmm. That's uh, mm-hmm. adequate there, um, but also resilient would be you know it takes there's certain things and Chris knows these and has seen these more than most but there's certain things that can derail me in the moment but I'm very I'm very quick to like let that go like once it's once it's done it's done and I'm I'm back to like being productive and being back where I was or further ahead rather and. Uh, but it's being able to be resilient and understand like how to quickly lateral from something, how to quickly fail at something, how to quickly pick something up, up new, how to how to swerve around something, keep going, but ultimately not allowing it to crush your char- your character and your your mind. So, um, for the most part, I'm I have pretty much the same demeanor, um, pretty much around anybody and everybody. Um, sometimes I I tame it back based off whoever <laughs> we're with, uh, but. Uh, for the most part, I'm the same. And if something's preventing me from being myself, that's when uh, I quickly kind of ladder away. So it's uh, resilience to outside influences preventing you from either reaching success or being who you're trying to be. That's good. Awesome. I love those answers, guys. Um, now, what do you, I'm going to kind of talk about you guys' life. Um, what are your hobbies and what do you do in your non-work time? Podcasts. <laughs> now um so po- uh, hobbies would be um i still do a lot of design just in general like 
bettering my craft because uh, end of the day by, by trade I am a designer and then also uh, learning and researching new ideas uh, that's a lot of what I'm interested in and how we can bring those into the team and monetize them so it goes back to the work I guess and um, here recently I've been very interested in the hobby market uh, what hobby what hobby collectibles are coming back into play so like cards are coming back up on that uh they're going to be they're coming back into um value uh collectible cards and then comics are coming back to uh, both marvel and dc are investing a lot of money without real reason into the comic book industries to satisfy that community but it's it's coming back like when when walmart still s- starts selling comic books comic books are coming back yeah you know what i mean like walmart is now actively selling new comic books when did that happen um in the last few weeks Wow. Yeah. They only get a couple like of the cheaper ones, but they, I mean, they get bigger names, you know? Um, but like when you see that, it's like, okay, this is coming, coming in, in time. So those are kind of the places where I am right now in regards to hobbies. And I guess interest would just be business and building other things. Okay. I haven't even told you this, but I started What's a, up? uh, a wedding officiant coach business. Oh, nice. In Nags Head with a guy who does like 80 weddings a year. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jay Bowman. Okay. Yeah. I got married out there and, uh, and, uh, Reverend Jay is what they call him. Killed over Hills. And I got that started something like that. It's been real successful. I'll, uh, I'll share it with you. He's got, it's like a LMS product that we're already created and all that stuff. They gave me nice. a uh, so three way split. There you go. Operating agreement. There you go, folks. You can have a side hustle and still work a full-time job. Yeah, you can. You can still it internet really from your can job. Happen. <laughs> I use internet at my house, too. You did talk about a hobby that doesn't make money in there somewhere, right? Was it the comics? Well, comic- are you going to flip those? I will flip them. Okay. And then the podcast we're running about comics will make okay. money. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In- interest, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, – Spencer and I align on a lot is it's just business in general of, you know, it's, I can never get away from it. And from an aspect of what, um, any interest that I have, um, you know, like in free time, downtime, anything that, um, you know, looking at different businesses for sale and, and what is available out there in terms of potential partnerships. And, you know, it's hard to ever shut off the growth mindset of how can we continue to grow? How can we continue to become bigger and better? You know, what does that, what does that entail? Um, it's hard to ever shut that off. I mean, I have notes on my phone of just brainstorming when, you know, I actually do have a minute at home alone and, you know, going through things like that. And I'll just, whatever's in my head, thinking about it, I'll just jot it down and, you know, I'll circle back to it, see if something makes sense to, you know, pursue at a later date. But um, outside of that, I mean, just general hobbies. I mean, I've got, uh, two little girls that I pretty much my full-time hobbies right now, uh, that I, you know, love spending every minute with watching them grow up. Uh, and I, I love to golf. I, I don't have the time for it. Uh, and I'm not very good at it. I like to do it cause it's, it's therapeutic. I'm a, uh, I'm a big me. time on golf as, as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, a lot of people would laugh at me saying that it's therapeutic, uh, because it can be a very frustrating game, but, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's one of the things I love about it. So, awesome. um, one hobby, it doesn't make me money, but cost me money is guns. Oh, that's true. Yep. Yeah. That's that awesome. When are we going shooting again? Um, soon it's warm outside. It finally. is finally. It is I'm ready outside. Yeah. Beautiful day. 
right, we have the last two questions. Um, how can you prevent mistakes or do damage control? Accept that it's going to come. Yeah. Uh, damage control is just be as transparent as you can be with those around you that you trust, um, I would say. But also, um, I guess... I think that's one of the main things. Be transparent as you can be, but then understand that it's going to be like, don't try and stop pain from coming, but just weather through it. Yep. Does that make sense? Failure is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Failure is going to happen regardless, and it's it's how you work through it Yeah. in that moment. So be prepared to fail. It's going to happen. It's how exactly how you work through it, and don't let it derail the overarching goal of whatever it is you're doing or trying to complete. There's one story about an HR incident we've had. Oh boy. <laughs> wow. Haven't thought about that one in a while. And I don't know. I know one of them will never listen to it. I don't know if the other one will, but uh, it's probably like the biggest, like yeah, the biggest damage control instance. And I can remember walking into Chris's office and at the time, so we have like those of you, that are watching, you'll never see this. Um, but we have a clear door in our, like Kenneth, you can see it. We have a, a clear door in our office. Uh, and we've, that's kind of like been the thing with all red shark offices. We have white doors with glass. Every red shark office do that. At the time we were in a new office. We did not have, we had those doors, but they had paper over them because it hadn't been painted. And so they wouldn't really shut that well. And I can remember I walked into, this is the day after this particular event has happened. And, Pardon my French for what I'm about to say, but I walked in <laughs> to Chris's office and he and the CFO were sitting there talking to some remote HR person, I think. And I looked at him and I looked, I was like, I don't care what y'all say or what y'all do with this, but y'all or what y'all say to them, the two people who were involved in this particular dispute. I was like, but y'all have got to tell me something because these crazy bitches will not get out of my office crying. And now I can be a lot more transparent. It's the biggest <laughs> plea for help I think I've ever seen. And like I can a, be, I can be in, uh, I can be very transparent in that room and very blunt in that room. Now I was being, very, both of them can can say I was very accommodating through impatient through that whole thing. But I was just like, I was like Chris, I get you own this company, but you this this shut door management is not working for this thing. Um, so it's like we just kind of bit that bullet and had to know like. Uh, this is our decision. It's either going to suck or not. Well, yep. Let's just go. It was going to suck, and you know, in that exact moment, he, he was right. I mean, we were uh, you know trying to figure out exactly what to do, how to handle it. it had nothing to do with us. It had to do with two employees yeah. and and each other, and and uh, just I don't know. One of those things that you're <laughs> you can prepare, but you can't prepare for everything. And you know, yeah. trying to you know Spencer's out there with a the fire hose, you know, trying to uh, keep it from just yeah, absolutely they're, exploding. They're trying to solve day one's problem. Meanwhile, day two is happening in parallel, and yeah. it's like day three was coming in hot too. <laughs> yeah, all right, we can tell you that story after this, Kenneth. Alrighty, <laughs> look forward to it. So, last question for you guys: If you were to conduct this interview as I'm doing right now, what questions would you ask? Mm. That I maybe haven't touched on, or did I ask all the questions that you think you would ask? What was your goal here today with your set of questions? To get so, an A. Kind of get it yeah, that'd, that'd be happen. nice. But um, see, I had pondered on some thoughts of um ideas that I'd like to might to pursue one day. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not uh I don't have the the background on you guys that you guys might have. But um, 
Don't want that to stop you. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, but there have been some ideas that I'd like to um, figure out how to start, you know, start my own business. Um, I've, I have people who have the money. I have people, you know, who own websites that know how to do websites. You know, I have a mom who's a photographer and it's just, did you hear that? He was very clearly saying he does not need our services. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we're never hearing from him again. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that, but, uh, it'd be nice to work for you guys one day though. Um, how, I guess my overall goal is, uh, that's a tough question. Um, it's pretty much how to start. Yeah. Um, right. I, I don't know how to, you know, go from just Pen the to paper, idea. one foot after another. Yeah. Yeah. So it's understanding, like understanding what's making money right now. Right. So that would be a question I would ask to a group of um, people. If we're if the roles are reversed, I would ask the question of what, what models are making money right now. Right. And then how can we, and then I would ask, okay, so looking at that, let's think about a hypothetical of this particular industry. How would you make money with each one of those three models or five models with these this particular type of industry? And and then you kind of go, then you kind of like expound from there. That's one of the one of the questions I would probably ask that hasn't been asked. And knowing that that's going to help me when I sit down, it's like, okay, what's the best way for me to make money? So it's like with efficient coach. Um, so. There's a way to flat sell the product and we can get, we've proven that we can get $59 a product by selling it, but also we're having to spend like $20 per person to actually purchase it. And based on, and then splitting, splitting $30 three ways is not, or $40, excuse me, splitting $40 three ways is not a lot of money. But we also know that, uh, it's a community. People in that particular world want to be in a community. So selling the product for cheaper but requiring them to have a ten dollar month subscription into a private Facebook group is a as a mo- as a subscription model that we know is bringing success, and a subscription model. And also, this is kind of a, a taboo subject. But like, look at the the porn industry, which is a weird thing that most people don't just look at. But you have really big porn publishers who are going out of business because everything's stolen and placed on free sites. Yet, big big adult actresses and actors are leaving the industry and creating private Snapchats and only fans where they have hundreds of thousands of fans who are paying 13 to $25 a month to just to see them, but would never pay $9 a month to be a member of one of these other establishments. And those establishments are going out of business. So it's understanding that this kind of like direct access to content and subscription model works and like direct feedback from those you res- you respect or look up to. Now, of course, that's a very, very random specific example, but we, we found that model the same with the efficient coach stuff. These people, this, this model within inside the wedding industry is, um, Oh, our friends doing them, our friends doing the ceremony, our brother's doing the ceremony, our cousin's doing the ceremony, um, her brother, his, you know, all that stuff. Those people need somewhere to learn how to do it well. They're maybe they're not good at public speaking, but they're going to learn. Maybe they are uncomfortable or unsure of what a, a what a, a script needs to be, things like that. So understanding that how digital digital products work, giving out a free resource gets an email. So that's, that's transactional. Building that list, like having a long list, is something you can monetize. But also converting that list into a subscription based model where you're you're pumping out a ton of value. That's entrepreneurship one hundred and one. 
you build a network of say, say we create a digital marketing network and we have, it's $15 a month for you to join as an agency owner. And Chris and I go live once a week or Chris goes live once a week and I go live once every other week, et cetera. And we start building up to a place and we start with 50, maybe 50 people. And then we get to a place where there's 300 people. Chris and I probably just need to go in there and comment once or twice. So entrepreneurship is building something bigger than yourself and then selling it. If we're able to build a network of communication that's bigger than ourselves, we're not, we don't have a product inventory. We don't have anything like that. We don't have any overhead expenses. We've just taken, we've had patience and built a network around another service and that's its own business in itself. So that's a whole bunch of things all wrapped up into one, but end of the day, it's figuring out what works the best and then how to, how to fit your product into that, that, that model that's bringing success to literally people from every industry. Yeah. You, you said that great. The two things I was going to add to that and you hit on both of them without not necessarily saying it was, uh, uh, number one, of course, you know, you have to provide that value, but then two, the long, the longevity of that value. Right. And, and that's what you just got to was, you know, when you get it to grow to that point, uh, and, and now it's just, okay. Hey, in that example, now we're just commenting here and there, and, and there's all this value in this, in this group, this paid subscription group, um, you know, with content that's generated by others. Now you've, you know, you've established longevity of that. So, um, you know, I would add in, in some of that when, you know, getting into the details of the value that you are providing and then what is the, what is the long-term outlook look like for whatever it is that you're doing, you know, whether that be, you know, uh, economically or, or just scalability wise, uh, you got to think about those things. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Um, there's a question that, uh, has been pondering on my mind a little bit. Um, now this is going to be posted on Spotify, correct? It is. All right. Um, cool. I have, you know, my professor is going to be listening. I'm assuming some fellow, uh, classmates might, and maybe those, some of those classmates might be willing, you know, are, thinking about starting a business or have that idea, what's uh, advice that you may be able to give them that uh, won't make them as nervous or scared? You know, maybe this idea is not worth uh, pushing or pursuing. What's, you know, that advice you can give them, you know, maybe it's worth that idea. It's a different idea. You can pursue it or you can push it. As far as having the confidence to pursue it? Yeah. I think you've got to do enough research up front and – uh, like what we had exactly what we had just talked about. You got to do enough research up front to, um, you know, be able to have the confidence that you're providing value to somebody or a group or a business, whatever it may be. And as soon as you can prove that, you know, even with one example, that's, that's all the confidence that you need to keep moving forward with it. And then it's, then you go into, okay, well, how can I scale this? And what's the longevity of the business going to be? And, um, all the different things that you've got to think about when creating a business, but is as soon as you prove that concept, you know, even once that should be in, in my eyes, all the confidence and, and reassurance that you need to continue moving forward with the plan. Awesome. Yeah. I would say define the value you're going to add and who you're going to add that value, like who you're adding value for. Um, define those two things first and then start looking at the barrier of entry into establishing the service and then build from there around it. 
your messaging, your brand, everything like that. But the value you add, who that value is being given to, and or what that value is being given to, and um, the barrier of entry into providing said value to said person. I would go that route. All right, guys. Uh, I really do appreciate you guys having me here. It's been a blast. Um, maybe another day I can do this with you guys. Yeah. Um, so I really do appreciate the giving the opportunity of doing a, my first podcast. It was eye-opening. Yeah, there were good questions. Yeah, you probably had no idea what to expect right? walking in, did you? Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. Well, we don't have a sign-out front either, so yeah, he didn't yeah. even know if he was in the right place when he first got here. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. yeah. And it's not like there's someone to greet you when you walk in the door. <laughs> we're very secretive. Abby ran up there. She did oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She's doing her so, job, so. Anyway. Um, yeah, thank you for your time. Much appreciated. They were good questions, and, uh, you know, uh, I want to... I want to hear a follow up of uh of how this went. Yeah, we want to see that. A, we'll yeah. let it. We'll let the listeners know too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We can do a reveal on the podcast. We'll just have him back for five minutes. All hey, right. what'd you make? And just Perfect. Get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> anyway, but um, for those of you who have stuck around this long and are watching on YouTube or have or are listening on Spotify, thank you so much. Uh, please leave a like, uh, subscribe, post notifications on, and we will see you next week for the start of season one. And this is uh, Agency Basement. Thank you. Agency Basement is a React Radio production. All contents are filmed and edited in the React Studio. For past episodes, as well as our sister shows, check out reactradionc.com. Thanks for listening.